Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kia ora, everyone. Welcome back to... It feels like... We have literally just finished the last episode of your bona fide favourite pop culture podcast. Honestly, Lucy, when I was trying to figure out what describes my week, it feels like we've literally, well, we pretty much have had three days. No, I know. And I've been in the podcast studio three times. <laughs> and so I feel like everyone, including me, is sick of the sound of my own voice. Hopefully not you, listener. Oh, God, no. Well, at least you're used to these beautiful new mics that we've just got true <laughs> which i don't know how you can see your screen because your mic is right in front of it okay but do you have that thing where it's like if you're not focused on something like i can see through the mic because you're not focused oh, on it like the yeah, double yeah, vision yeah, thing. yeah but now i've probably made you focus on it sabotage no nah, i can see through this mic oh. maybe i'm superpower oh i think you are Super- Honestly. maybe i'm Maybe I'm superpower was not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm superpower. <laughs> it's like when Ruby said yesterday. What did she said it was really funny. What did she say? Maybe I am a god. Or something oh like that. <laughs> oh yeah, because we were talking about Taylor Swift's song Karma. Yeah. And then Ruby was trying to say that she's like a cat. Was she trying to say yeah. <laughs> she's a cat? <laughs> Curled up Perry on our laps. Yes, but instead she went for the line that was like Karma is a god. Wait, is it? Yeah, I yeah. think so. And so then she said, maybe I'm a god, which was very well, all messiah come, come to think of it, I kind of am like a god. <laughs> it's like, it was just funny. Maybe you just had to be there anyway. That's what describes um, Ruby's week. God-like. Being a god. She's like a god. Liv, first of all, before we get into what describes your week, yeah. what are we talking about today, Dal? We are talking about Hollywood age gaps, or mm-hmm. like age gaps in relationships, very much spurred by the Billie Eilish and Jesse Rutherford alleged relationship yeah. that is kind of blowing up on TikTok, and TikTok and social media's response to this relationship. And all that good stuff, like why do we even feel like we should have a say? But mm. also there are some reasons why people do feel like they should have a say. For sure. Pretty nuanced conversation yes. that I'm excited to get into and I don't really know how I feel about it right now. So hopefully we'll kind of figure that out on mic. Or it will just be one of those conversations that we're just having to spur more convos. Absolutely. That's actually what I was thinking while I was writing this research. I was like, this is going to be one of those conversations where it's like, we don't know what the answer is that isn't an answer, but these conversations are important to have anyway. Yeah. And kind of similarly, although I know where I stand a bit more on this, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring up, we spoke last week about Taylor Swift and sort of the backlash that she was getting after putting the word fat in her music video and mm. how we felt quite strongly that um, if you've been through something and your job as an artist and you're drawing on your own experiences, who are we to tell you that you're not allowed to feel these things or portray these things? And we, especially when she's been so open about um, her eating disorders in her documentary in 2020. So we're going to go into that because she's actually just removed the word fat from 
her music video for Antihero. And it's just really interesting because, like, the internet and the left attacking the left and things like that really do start to, like, affect me when I'm like, they're a bigger fish to fry sometimes, but also I see the other side. Oh, my God. Like, when you're researching the news and you're researching things like wars and Trump and all of this huge shit, which... As obviously we fucking care about pop culture because this is why we do this podcast. But sometimes it does feel like the internet just picks battles with with sometimes the wrong or the most unhelpful. Yes, unhelpful for sure. Anyway, before we get into that, because that's going to be actually quite a good convo, I think. I think. I fucking hope. Um, Liv, what describes your week? And maybe mine too. (laughs) What describes my week, Luce, is one, that it was very fucking short. Well, because we haven't even had a week since we last talked to each other. (laughs) But also, um, solo endeavours sort of describes my week. So I went to my first concert by myself ever. I don't know if any of you have done that before. I'm sure a lot of you have. But it was such a great experience. I would absolutely do it again. Do wish that I was sitting down rather Mm. than standing in the... It wasn't even really a mosh, but it was like general admission. Mm -hmm. And I went and saw Aldis Harding. She was fucking amazing. For those of you who don't know, she's a Kiwi musician. um, And she's like really, really awkward, Mm. especially on stage, but really hones into it. And I love seeing people that obviously... I don't know whether it's that she's not got natural stage presence, but maybe feels more uncomfortable on stage. Isn't like that kind of classic frontman performer, like yeah, like Maddie, Maddie Healy. Healy. <laughs> um, but she really like owns it and yeah. just rolls with it. And she barely spoke to the audience at all, but it didn't matter. Mm. And it was just so cool to watch. I but, love that, and I'm a huge advocate for going and doing things on your own. I went to Dermot Kennedy on my own. Yeah. I'm going to the 1975. I prefer to do things on my own yeah. purely because I don't want to worry about what anyone else is thinking yes. or feeling. Or like feeling like you need to make chat with people or feeling like you have to react to them. Yeah. Yeah, like you can just like live in your own world in your head. But I've only ever done it seated. Yes. So, and it started for me with going to movies. Like you yes. have to start somewhere. Absolutely. And for some people it's really, really hard. And totally understandable like when I was standing there I there was a moment like when we were all going in and like you're waiting for the concert to start and I'm standing there by myself like it was fine because I do a lot of things by myself as well but like if you're not used to doing that it would have felt pretty uncomfortable Mm. and just you really have to get out of um like your own head and not worry about other people like looking at you yeah and and the fact that no one is fucking looking at you it's just like like or a lot of things in life. Like, no one actually fucking cares that nah. you're doing it. Or they might think it's cool. Oh, for sure. Like, if I fucking saw someone by themselves, I'd be like, go you. Same. But it's so hard to put that back onto yourself. Onto yourself. Think, People always. think it's cool. They'll, yeah. Instead of, they'll think, think I'm a fucking loser with yeah. my friends. But yeah. that's just not the case. Anyway, Lucy, what describes your week? Um, Very much the same as you. And it kind of describes me as a whole short and busy. Short that and is, busy. It is. What you're always pretty short and busy. Yeah. And this week has just been... Like bananas. I was saying to Ruby this Mm. morning, it feels like we have somehow made use of every single part of our platform in the last like four, three days. Fuck yeah. And it's really, it's a nice feeling because it's like we've been leaning more into Instagram. We've been working with some cool people. We've been promoting some cool tours. We've been doing lots of podcasts. Like I just feel like we've done everything we could possibly do this week on our platforms and it's really, really good. 
and it feels good, but it's also like we've squished it all onto so few well, days. It's a fucking huge amount of work because yeah. like we're a team of three. Yeah. <laughs> so so anything we do, we have to fucking do it. Yes, we're hustling. Ribs and I are off to Bali to be the press at a Instagram run creator week, which we're really excited for. Mostly I'm excited from a business point of view that we are seen as legitimate enough to be journalists over there covering it. And whether that's because obviously they know that we started on Instagram, so we made sense. But I also really love that we have gone back to them and said, yes, we're an Instagram like based not even Instagram based anymore, like social media, digital media, whatever we are, media company. But like, there's not really been any requirement for us to use their platforms only. So we're like, you know, the newsletter is our number one priority. It's or- been pretty great. And like, I think just having now a couple of years experience and laying down the laws yes. as to like when you're making these deals or like when you're asked to do things and then you're like, yes, but I actually have conditions yeah. to protect ourselves yes. and authenticity and everything like that which and is, when it's taken well it makes you respect them more fuck yeah and then you're like this is a mutually beneficial thing yeah which is great um all of this is to say though we will be meeting some really cool people over there and making some like bonus culture vulture episodes there's like a digital like Lil Michaela, like Ooh. a korean-based digital influencer who I'm really – we're actually going to get a peek behind, like, how that is made. Wow, that will be fascinating. Which is something that we're so interested in. So the way we're doing it is, like, a peek behind the curtain of, one, what the fuck events like this look like because we don't – we're not influencers. We don't go to things like these. Um, but now we're here to cover it, which feels interesting. Mm. And then also, like, I don't know. I just think it should it, it should be really – fun but giving a peek behind the curtain for me selfishly will be like fucking interesting so so interesting i mean like you've been interested in the creator economy yeah since and we're part of it yeah not like that side so that anyway that'll be interesting but that's another reason why i've been a little bit stressed or busy this week is because we heard about a week ago that we were going to go and cover this and and then now on sunday you're flying now on sunday we're gone (laughs) anyway love should we get into the first the naughty or nice of the week please there's only one please please. and we've already talked a little bit about it because that's what we do sometimes we can't help ourselves and we have to have chats it was actually me going into liv's room like before 7 a.m being like oh my god we need to talk about this this and this and this honestly knocks on my door like i'm in my pajamas in my bed you're like ready to go, brain firing, <laughs> and I'm just like. Yeah. <laughs> always have, and then, but then, Liv can do shit late at night, and yeah. if she tries to talk to me about anything, I'll be like, "Fuck, Fuck off. off!" Like Lucy's in bed at eight p.m. Honestly, genuinely. So, right, you all listened to last week's episode where we had a little bit of a corridor about Taylor Swift using fat in her music video for Antihero. You've heard our thoughts on that. The update now is that. That has been removed from the music video. So instead of it popping up on the scales, um, it is actually just her anti-hero like clone sort of looking at her disappointed when she stands on the scales, Mm. like no mention of the word. This started because on Twitter, a a few or a bunch of people, especially people in the body body positive community, which is like really, really fear, like Mm. honestly really fear, they were saying that – it's the scene is harmful because it reinforces that the idea of being fat is bad and because like some for some people saying the word fat can be really triggering and again that is 
incredibly fair and discourse that needs to happen if we're going to be like critical thinkers about the world. Yeah. But then I think what has far, far outweighed that, and again from body positive communities on Twitter and things like that, is that everyone experiences eating disorders differently. And if we are trying to stop artists from representing how they see it, it really narrows the scope of people understanding these illnesses. I 100% agree. And even the fact that she's taken the word fat away, that doesn't do anything because she's still standing on the scales. She's still like yeah. looking at herself in disappointment. Everyone knows what the message yeah. is there. That just feels super like, I don't know, people really commenting on that word fat it just feels so surface level to me and yeah I think as we said before last week the representation of eating disorders can't be taken away from cultural discourse because and that thin people have eating disorders as well can't be taken away from discourse no not at all it was actually really interesting um that this made its way onto the view um, which is a TV show, and the hosts. Like, often I find in the media it's really, really easy to target a celebrity and be like, yeah, she shouldn't have done that. It's quite the easy way to go. But they actually um, were all in agreement, which mm. often it's like a panel sort of show and it, didn't, it doesn't happen, happen that often. But, like, they were sort of in agreement that she should be allowed to use this word in her video and that critics of it kind of missed the point. I agree. I think is what we were saying. Like there is a fair point to be made if it hurt you or if it affected you. But there is also a fair point to be made that Taylor Swift made a whole documentary talking about her eating disorder, showing articles asking if she was pregnant, calling her fat, like saying that she felt like she had to starve herself and almost faint on stage and things like that. And why are we now telling her that she isn't allowed to feel this way or portray this? I agree. And also with the word fat, like people saying that this snowballs the negative connotations of the word – I understand that point, but it's like we should be able to use the word fat. There's a really good YouTube show called Alice Nedden's Bad News and she does an episode Mm. on fat, fatness, being overweight, whatever. It is so, so good and I think people really lack the education around talking about this. Mm. I definitely did Mm -hmm. and like I would really recommend people going and watching that because I think it gives some good context to this Taylor Swift situation and how we view the word fat. Mm. And I think it has something like so much to do with the internet and Mm -hmm. outrage but being outraged by things that – aren't really the bigger picture like or being outraged by things there's this whole idea of the reason that the right gains so much momentum is because often the left and I don't like putting people into these two right and left wing groups it's just the easiest way to describe it often the left are attacking each other on the left like being progressive but attacking other progressives Mm -hmm. and that just means that the right can gain so much momentum because we're all over here like fighting amongst ourselves yeah. about what is allowed and what's not rather than fi- like rather than going after the things that are actually causing like far more exponential harm like this is so true because it's not Taylor Swift's fault that the word fat 
has it still does definitely have negative connotations in mm. society. It shouldn't. We're trying to take those away, right? But it's like the huge makeup industries and beauty industries and corporate industries that has made Taylor Swift feel this way yes. that we should be fighting, not the fact that she's saying that art represents what happens in society. Mm. Like, yes, it influences what happens in society, but there's like a very cyclical nature and there's a very like transactional nature between these two things. You can't have something represented in art that's not already happening in society. Hmm. So we have to, like, yeah, we're wasting our time yeah. fighting against and I've seen, I've seen so much commentary that's far outweighed the outrage commentary mm-hmm. of people saying, like, w- someone said, as a fat person who has been fat most of my life, I think that the anti-hero video being edited to remove the word fat on a scale is one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life. And that got way more response yes. and traction and likes. If that's how we are like trying to figure out what the public opinion is. Because that is showing that the word fat has negative connotations by removing it from the video. Yeah. Um, Someone else said, everyone experiences their eating disorders in different ways and to shame her by dictating how a word can be used is dismissing her struggles. It's cruel, it's unfair, especially considering she spent basically her whole adult life in an industry that places incredible pressure on body image. And then someone else said... I'm really upset about the anti-hero music video being edited. It was clearly art that spoke to many of us, and I feel bad that Taylor has felt bad enough that she felt she had to change it. I hope she knows we appreciate art and accept struggles without judgment. Mm. And so, I mean, from what I've seen, it was a small number of loud people that actually have every right to, you know, feel, feel away. But I don't know. By Taylor removing it, it just feels like, she was trying to avoid, obviously, this going further and trying to protect herself further because that can't be easy for her if she's still struggling with this to then be, like, hated on for talking about her struggle. Totally, and I think because of who Taylor Swift is, she's proven to be someone that really takes into account what her audience think and what they care about, and she really makes content to serve her audience. Yeah, I feel like because it was Taylor Swift, I understand why she took it out because that's Mm -hmm. what she prioritizes right Mm -hmm. whereas a lot of other artists would be like no this is the point of the art like backing it but yeah it just feels like that complicated relationship between taylor and her fans and the dictation of content yeah is interesting to me and it's it'll be really interesting to see if she makes a statement about it i mean we saw lizzo removing a word from her song we saw Mm -hmm. beyonce do the same lizzo made a statement beyonce didn't these two Beyonce and Lizzo's situations, though, are different, I think. There's almost a majority, like almost a... Consensus. Consensus that we can use... That that there is a more meaningful way to talk about what they were talking about. But for Taylor Swift, I think it's different because a small part of the internet has almost scared her out of saying something that really she felt represented her her, per- her, her personal own personal shit whereas with both Beyonce and Lizzo it was more like a bit of ignorance yes and what like at the end of the day we expect these artists to like we love them for what they put out there and we expect them to put so much out there and expect it to be really personal that it just feels like we can't then decide we disagree with something that they're serving to us because we've asked for it for yeah. years and years and built them Absolutely. up here. Um, it's uh, like, give me your personal experience as long as I agree with it. Yeah. Which isn't helpful to anyone. No. Um, so, 
Yeah, I just think that's just a really interesting part of the internet that sometimes gets me down a bit because mm. when, like you said, when we spend so much time talking about big world issues and then you see so much momentum going behind something that's not like doesn't feel like the most meaningful or way just people place. like honing in on the finicky detail yeah. of these big issues whereas it's like that doesn't like we need to go yeah. to the, the, the source yeah. yeah anyway so I think that's not nice I think it's, it's kind of naughty it's naughty but it's also not nice for the people that genuinely feel hurt by what absolutely and who are we to say that you shouldn't feel hurt by that yeah. because that's your personal experience totally. and that's fair enough I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, Liv, we'll talk about something that I don't think is any more light and bright. No, it's actually very much on the same wavelength, I feel, to a degree. So... If you're a Billie Eilish fan, which I know a lot of you are, Hell yeah. you probably know that Billie Eilish and the lead singer from The Neighbourhood, Jesse Rutherford, have been rumoured to be dating. So they've been seen holding hands at a Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights <laughs> event. Um, and then they were also seen having dinner together. And these videos of them have gone all over the internet. And people are very much putting in their two cents about this relationship. So can, can we first just do a self-aware moment that we are on this podcast mm -hmm. talking about it. Putting in our two cents. Putting in our two cents. But half of the things we're going to say is like, why the fuck do we feel like we have a right yeah. to these people's personal lives? And, like, again, when they're putting out art for us, is it not enough for us to just enjoy the thing that they're good at and making for us? Like, why do we need to have an opinion on everything? Absolutely. And, actually, we're going to talk about Florence Pugh a yes. little later and her relationship. But then and have you seen how happy Billy looks in all the um, photos and videos photos, and stuff? Like, yeah. if she's happy, like, yeah, if she's happy, we should be happy. But then also it is important to think critically about yes. age gaps, which we will go into. But, yeah, so basically there is an 11-year age gap between Billy and Jesse. So Billy is 20 and Jesse is 31. Mm -hmm. And this is what the internet is really having issues with. So what are the fans saying? There's a lot of discourse on Twitter and TikTok about Damn. this. The internet is so, like, pervasive so, in this episode, eh? So pervasive, so, and, like, opinion, yeah. opinion-based. Um, so one Twitter user wrote, when I said I wanted a Billy and Jesse collab, this is not what I had in mind. <laughs> and then another Twitter user said, y'all are weird for not understanding that he was around her when she was 15. He has known her since she was a child. He was 26 and she was 15. And then a fan said, literally any other case of this and y'all would be screaming that she was groomed. Um, if she's dating him, this is questionable at 
best. So obviously we've got a couple of things going on here. Not only is there an age gap of 11 years, but that is also the fact that, yes, she was 15 when they met each other. It's reminding me of someone else that was quite young when they've met their now partner. And I think the um, term questionable in one of those tweets is actually fine because, yes, you should question these things to make sure people are safe. Questionable is okay. Questionable is an – yeah, absolutely. So this has really brought up the whole conversation around celebrity age gaps. I mean, not even just celebrity age gaps, age gaps in relationships in general. But I guess as we always talk about, the celebrity world is often quite a reflection on – you know, our society, our worlds, what we think about the people in our own lives. So it's really interesting because there's a huge amount of judgment when it comes to age gaps in relationships. And I think some of it is cautionary and warranted in the fact that it's we are questioning it. We are always here for critical thinking because I think this is a very nuanced conversation, very layered conversation, very contextual conversation. The fact that the past exists means that you should always probably it means that it's fair that people are approaching this with caution because we have seen time and time again Power plays, power Absolutely, like gaps. post the Me Too movement, yeah. how could you not question these things? Hell yeah. But so we're going to run through a couple of other examples of age gaps in relationships, more how the audiences have reacted to right. these age gaps. So Florence Pugh, our favourite Don't Worry Darling lead actress. So she actually had a really good interview on Elle in 2020 about her then relationship with actor Zach Braff. From Scrubs. From Scrubs, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the time she was 24 and he was 44 turning 45. So I think there was a 21-year age gap Mm -hmm. between the two. And she got a shitload of hate Mm. for this relationship. I think – it first came about when he commented on one of her pictures, mm-hmm. just like a princess emoji. And then fans were kind of being like, bro, you're 45. Mm. And then she replied being like, yeah, and he still got it. God, I love <laughs> yeah. Florence Pugh. Yeah. So she she clapped back at this. Yeah. And then she was asked about it in this out interview. And I think she talks about it pretty well. I mean, whatever you think about a 21-year age gap, whether you think that someone who's 24 has the authority in their own life to go out with whoever they want, whether they have the maturity to understand, like, the age gap, I think, is a really subjective thing. Yeah. And we just don't know because we don't know not on their head. Yeah. And we don't know Zach Braff. Yeah, she was heavily trolled especially when she posted a picture of him for his 45th birthday and she had to turn the comments off because people were just being really fucking mean um so she said that her clap back the yeah he got it was necessary because people need to realize that it's hurtful i have the right to hang out and be with and go out with anyone i want to 
She goes on to say that she's happy about people judging her acting because that is what she puts out into the world Mm. purposefully. Mm -hmm. But then she says, I know that part of being in the spotlight is that people might invade your privacy and have opinions on it, but it's bizarre that normal folk are allowed to display such hate and opinions on a part of my life that I'm not putting out there. It's a strange side of fame that you're allowed to be torn apart by thousands of people, even though you didn't put that piece of you out there. And then she says, I don't want to talk about it because it's not something I want to highlight but my point is that isn't it odd that a stranger can totally tear apart someone's relationship and it's allowed and that's something we talk about time and time again on here is that celebrities are actually people too they are doing their jobs and then everything else is like we're kind of invading into their lives unless they choose to make it really public. Exactly, unless they choose to make it public or unless something happens like legal wise right that's against the law At the end of the day, she's 24, he's 45, they're two consenting adults. Mm. Like, we have to, I think, it's hard because sometimes I was going to say we have to take these things at face value. We don't have to take these things at face value all the time. But you can't go around and just generalize any age gap as a fucked up thing. Or as a really good thing. Like, you can't generalize, like... We are old enough to know that people are all different and people are, like, into different things and attracted to different people. And, like, I think the age of the youngest party is a big factor in Mm -hmm. um, these things. The age and the life experience and, like, the industry and all of that of the younger party is really important because, like, Florence Pugh was our age Mm. and, and we both probably feel like, we have been through enough in our lives or, you know, whatever it is, to be able to make an informed decision on our partner, no matter what age they are. Absolutely. And I would say that about you and you'd probably say that about me. Definitely. But then something like I remember when um, Millie Bobby Brown was texting Drake and it came out and it was like, that's random or that's, you Mm. know, doesn't feel that right. And she was like young teens like she was teens and so that's different again like that is totally different because like looking back at say my 18 year old self it's not that I don't think I I had the authority to make my own decisions but it's that you just do have that sense of you you are naive Mm. and I haven't quite seen enough or touched enough or been through enough definitely and it is hard because it's like I'm saying that now I'm 24 I might look back at myself in 10 years' time and be like, fuck, I was 24 and I was really naive about this, this and this. Like, it's really difficult. I think a good example of, like, the kind of hindsight's a beautiful thing is Demi Lovato. Yes. You know, being in that, I think there was, like, a 12-year age gap between her and her boyfriend. 17, 29. Yes. (laughs) What was his name? Wilma. Wilma. That then she has released the song 29, that she's now 29 and she says she would never fucking go out with a 17-year-old and that was on him to know better. Yes, like so, so Mm. valid. And like I remember at the time, I think it was in that Simply Complicated documentary, she really stood up for it. Yeah, she really stood up for it and she really was like, no, I'm an adult, I'm making my own decisions, like nothing wrong with the age gap and now she's looking back in Mm. hindsight. But it's her decision to make. Absolutely, it's her decision to make and it was her decision to make at the time. Yeah, And then there's the example of like Leonardo DiCaprio who's there's that graph of like how he increasingly gets older as we all do with time. Yes. But his girlfriends stay at like 
25 and under and like that he always breaks up with people before their 25th birthday and I think it's like four or five of these girlfriends and that to me is different because this is a repeating pattern yeah and like that's like that is definitely not I mean I can't talk on behalf of Leo DiCaprio and nor shall I try oh no I'm gonna try (laughs) um I don't think that's like a, oh, my God, as soon as you get to 25, I'm breaking up with you no. in his head. That is like the probably the most annoying coincidence for him or like subconscious, subconscious thing, thing for that- him that it's happened time and time again. But it's also like, Leo, maybe learn from the past. Yeah. And just like stop doing that. Stop. <laughs> that is the thing, isn't it? Or is it like, is he insecure about getting older? Or, again, are they just all consenting adults that get into a relationship and then it falls apart? Yeah. But then he has such power. He does. That, like, if it is him doing the breaking up every single time, then that's kind of a bit fucked up. Genuinely, and, like, we don't know what these 25-year-olds' maturity levels are like or these 20-year-olds' maturity levels are like. Like, Because they could be like Florence Pugh, right, who we've just been saying – is old enough to make her own decisions and has yeah. come out and talked about it. And it's like, back to Billie Eilish. She's not your average 20-year-old. No, that's a point that I'm glad we're coming back to. Yeah, because, one, you can see the similarities in, like, they're both artists, they'll both understand each other's worlds and lives. Like, for celebrities, dating must be a very different ball game because you can't just... Like, you have such a different life to yes. the rest of the population that I can see why you're drawn to people with a similar... You know, career. we all want someone to relate to us, Absolutely. and if your pool of people your that pool relate is to small, you is tiny, and then for Billy, like she has lived such a crazy, crazy life from the age of fifteen to twenty. Like that five years for her has been she's she's lived probably at five times the pace. Yeah, you look at those Vogue interviews, and oh. somehow she's like figured so much shit out every single year on year on year like she's figured out a decade of shit each year literally but then what is also interesting which is the juxtaposition to this is that people often say that fame slows down your maturity Mm. in some ways so it's like you know you miss out on that teenage herd of like making mistakes with no one fucking watching you right and like so in some ways she's probably like super uber mature and then in other ways maybe I don't know I don't know for her but often people who have fame at such a young age can kind of be stunted in that way. She's kept her family so close and the bits that we've been allowed to see of her life, if we are trying to figure out context, she seems like she is different to other child fame stars because she has kept a community that's normal. Absolutely. And I'm seeing this whole discourse online about like Jesse Rutherford is just another creepy indie dude. Like, you know, and then because that scene has had a lot of history of power dynamics yes. and fucked up shit happening, which is so valid and I'm not taking that away. But you can't just presume because someone's in that scene or someone looks like how Jesse Rutherford looks with the tats and he lo- very much is the kind of poster child for yeah, that industry, right? Yeah. You can't just assume that he's then a creep. But then people might be taking that from, and this is another conversation, like they have a lot of songs, like one's called Daddy Issues mm. and like dating younger people and like they sing a lot about that. 
and they are some like they are some like my favorite songs. But then we've had the conversation on here before about whether you can use lyrics in a court of law, and like, is that just art, and is that them creating art? Which. Yeah, is also so interesting because usually I'm like, no, art is art. But then you look at Aaliyah's Age Ain't Nothing But a Number, yeah. which we talked about when we did our episode on R. Kelly. Yeah. And that was literally R. Kelly like yeah. getting with Aaliyah when she was underage and yes. being like, Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. Yeah. So you you don't know. That's, I think, the overarching is that we actually don't know, but I think it's important to try to be less judgmental than we are being yeah. at the mo- or than the internet is being at the moment because that is really unfair to just generalize a relationship and be like he's a creep and also the power dynamics interesting in Billie Eilish and Jesse Rutherford because she's more famous than him yes she's probably got more power in the industry than him like is age isn't the only power thing no. at play in a lot of these. Yeah, she's probably got more money than him. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. this is an interesting one because, yes, often post-Me Too, we're really cracking down on these older men going for younger girls, mm-hmm. which I absolutely understand that this is such an important conversation to have and to look mm-hmm. into. But you can't then just say every older man with a younger girl is a creep. And what about older women with uh, younger men like um, Hugh Jackman? Yeah. Put Patrick Dempsey when he Priyanka dated. Priyanka Chopra. Priyanka Chopra. Um, the guy, Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging Guy. Yes. Like, there are all these other ones that, again, it's kind of on us that we haven't even gone into that. It's really interesting because back pre Me Too, and even now, like this narrative still exists because of the patriarchal society that we live in. But a lot of women who are with younger men get more shit than the older men that are with younger oh, yeah. girls, right? Because women aren't allowed to age. Yeah, like, fuck yeah. And they're seen as less valuable and it's like, why would they be with them? Exactly. You know, that whole thing, which is really kind of fucked up. Um but now post me too, and especially with Gen Z, men are really being put in the spotlight. Rightly so, yeah. but again, I mean, if, if it's a numbers man. game and you're trying to compare the amount of allegations and things like that, it's rightly so that Gen Z are more worried. Yeah. I've got a little bit of science behind oh, age gaps please. if you're interested. So I actually really am. Yeah, I know. I, I, I kind of like an older. <laughs> you're like, why do I have these feelings? Anyway. <laughs> I could maybe explain it to you. So biologically, it's kind of best for people of a similar age to be in a relationship because both, although women's fertility declines faster than men's, they both start declining around 35. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of raising a family, like – it's better biologically for the two parents to both be raising the kids because it's more says, support. Science, science says, says it's better. Science says Culture this. vulture does not have a rule that it's better. No. Yeah, exactly. And so science says this. There is also, um, although there isn't that much data on the LGBTQ plus relationship. So we've been very much talking about like heteronormative relationships. Um, but... We do know that age gaps among same-sex couples are more common and maybe that's to do with this, like, biological thing about conceiving children, Mm -hmm. right? It's less of a factor in an evolutionary sense. Yes. There's more other ways out there to be considered, I think. Totally. And then so people 
people in similar age relationships are more likely to go the distance also it um also, research says because they go through life challenges at a similar time, which because one of them sense. will last a bit longer. Yeah, <laughs> this is the thing. And then research also says that in the initial 10 years of marriage, people actually report higher levels of satisfaction when their partner is younger than them in the first 10 years. But then over time, the marital satisfaction the marital satisfaction of different age couples declines um, faster because, I mean, that kind of makes sense, I guess, but um, the likelihood of them divorcing is higher, Um, people with age gaps. Yeah. Um, But then in saying this, the economic landscape that marriage kind of evolved in goes the other way, saying that age gaps are actually more helpful in a patriarchal society because the dude's been working for 10 extra years exactly so like they'd be working they'd like earn money they'd be like 40 or 50 and then they'd go for a younger wife because she's still fertile whereas (laughs) women their age aren't (laughs) as fertile and then the woman might be like oh my god sweet like they've been working for 10 years and they already have a house and they didn't have economic agency they couldn't earn their own money so they relied on the guy making money so this is where like that yeah. man-woman age gap was pretty common. And that's where you could see the power dynamic l- quite literally. Like, Fuck, I've yeah. got all the money. I'm just going to, yeah. Yeah, and that's oh. the history of like marriage, right? So now we're coming to this really interesting part of time where Gen Z, we're so much more open to like different types of love yes. than any other generation. But research is showing that we still give a fuck about age gaps. Mm. And this is probably because we're more educated. Yes. So we've seen the downside of so many. Yeah, like we know more about grooming. We know more about power imbalances. We know more about the actual shit that's been going on. And how often do you hear about, except for maybe Hugh Jackman and probably a few others, like a good age gap story? Yeah, exactly. The media will only tell us about the bad ones. Absolutely. So you can absolutely understand why Gen Z are not that for age gaps, yeah. but at the end of the day, it is a bit of discrimination, which we... Is it ageism? It's, well... No. It's judgment over... It's judgment. Over different types of relationships that aren't, like, the norm, right? Yeah. Even though we're really open to a lot of new types of relationships. Absolutely, which mm. is just a really interesting paradox. Yeah, it really is. And, like, again, at the end of the day... Every single person is so different in this goddamn planet that how the fuck are we supposed to know or care or why do we or, like, why should we about people's fucking relationships? Absolutely. The most hypocritical thing to say at the end of, like, a huge convo about it. And at the end of the day, it's just not our place. Like, with the Billie Eilish, Jesse Rutherford situation, like, it's actually none of our fucking business. And they haven't chosen for us to be commenting yeah, and on. and if people are concerned, like, that's her friends and family's situation business, to be in, business, right? Like, I'm not sitting here being like, no one should question people's relationships, yeah. even in the instance of Billie Eilish and Jesse Rutherford. I'm saying that it's not actually our place as people on the internet to question it because she didn't open that part of her life up to us. No. If she does, then... That's then, more understandable. Yeah. but It's kind of like back to the Gabby Hanna chat. Yeah. Like, if it was made really public, then do we feel a responsibility to help? Yeah. And, like, you know, maybe there's a case for that and a case not for it. But, like, this hasn't – like, they don't want us there 
like fucking marriage counseling yeah and like it's okay to critically think about it in your own time that's that's helpful for society but it's not helpful to just shower them with hate yeah and to just assume that he's a creep a creep like you you can't do that you don't have the right It's just it is always funny when we have these um conversations that are actually just conversations yeah. with no like ending, no closure. We're not here to give you closure, we're here to help you think. Absolutely. This is the thing. Like there doesn't need to be a conclusion that's wrapped up in a nice little neat bow. That's it's just not live. Not life and that's not the world we're living in. That's not the cultural world yeah. we're living in at all. And maybe you agree with us and maybe you don't agree with us, and that's good too, because yes. then like the more that you agree or disagree with what we're saying, the more open our minds are getting to, oh, that's how they think about it. So the next time I watch a video of a celebrity in a relationship, I will be subconsciously thinking about that as well. Absolutely, because at the end of the day, Lucy and I haven't been in (laughs) relationships that have had age gaps either. (laughs) So maybe you'll think differently about the situation if you have and it didn't go well for you or if you have and you're still with them and you're married to them and you love them. Which is why we can't make judgments on these celebrities. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So there you go. There's your nice little bow. (laughs) Don't judge. Don't judge. But critically think. (laughs) Yeah, critically think and then if you have a podcast, critically put it on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, Liv. Well... I mean, great chat, great non-closure chat, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen often because usually you want some closure from a chat, but this one, yeah. we're fine with it. That's fine. Do you have anything on your radar? On my radar, to be honest, haven't really thought about it too much, but I am going to Mild Orange tonight, yep. which is a New Zealand band that came from Dunedin. And I've been to see them before. Pretty good. I'm excited about that. Loose. Um, on my radar... Mr. Organ by David Ferrier. It's a movie okay. or like a documentary, I should say, that is coming out um, soon. Don't know when. And David Ferrier is a New Zealand journalist that gets into these weird little sticky situations and just really questions everything about them. And so, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see that. Cool. It's about like a con man. It's kind of like, did you say Tickled? No, I haven't seen any of his stuff. Yeah, well, Tickled's really interesting. Mm. Again, it's about like a tickle, like fucking... Tickling contest. I don't know. <laughs> Lucy's like moving her fingers like tickle. Yeah, I know. Like I look like a creep. Yeah. No one date me. Older or younger. No. Um, that's on my radar. And also on my radar is um, finishing the work week and Fuck, yes. going to Bali. And chilling out in the sun in Bali At some after point. your whole media yeah. next version. Anyway, team, as always, huge thank you for sticking with us to listen to this, like, whole lot of analysis huge thank you to podcast producer to the stars the stars being us ti have butler <laughs> we're not actually stars i've been saying that a lot lately always well, kind of like saying something nice about i hate and then like putting it back on us yes. like we're great too <laughs> and i was gonna say thank you to live but then she kind of roasted me just then so <laughs> so get the fuck out bye everyone we'll see you next time bye 